Washington King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com, streaming on TuneIn as well. Nice to have you with us today. I'm Christian Arcan, and that's Tom King. Hello, Tom. Hello. How you doing? Yeah. All right. Pretty good? Yeah, so-so. Yeah. Feel better? Uh, From what? From last week when you were not feeling very well. Oh, oh, that was early last week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm much better. I'm over that. All right. Yeah, I'm waiting for the next round. Good. See, the holidays. I always get sick. You know, I always get sick at the holidays. You're just kind of not feeling great all the time, is the thing. Oh man, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, you know, we had the snow on Saturday, and I, I realized in shoveling it right mm-hmm. now, it, it it doesn't feel like it used to. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, we're gonna get into all of the news of the day and the Patriots and sort of everything else. But right now, there's a crazy oh, situation yeah. going on in Turkey. Yes, where the Russian ambassador to Turkey, his name's Andrei Karlov, was uh, making a speech at an art exhibit. In Turkey, when a man who was appeared to be there as part of the group, he was wearing a suit and was standing behind the ambassador and these other people. Standing behind him? Yeah. There's a picture. There's several pictures of him. Look, yeah. that that's him right before he, he did it. He was standing back there. And oh, wow. Jeez. Uh. While the ambassador was speaking, the guy drew a pistol and shot him and shot, I think, two other people. There's a picture of the man standing up. He looks like he's talking, and there's people on the ground. The ambassador's down on the ground, and there was media there, so they all took pictures of the whole thing, really. I mean, I'm sure there's video of it. Uh, it's it's And now Reuters is reporting that the man, uh, his name the ambassador? Is, yeah, his name is Andre Karloff, mm-hmm. has died. Mm. Now, Russia and Turkey have been involved in a real big conflict in Syria, which is across the border from where overall these refugees are settling. Right, right. Turkey's opposed Assad. Russia has been deploying troops in the Air Force to support the leader, this whole situation in Aleppo. And apparently before pulling his gun out, the gunman said, we die in Aleppo, so you die here. Oh, wow. According to the reports, Clear motive the there. gunman has been neutralized. I don't know if that means they yeah, shot him dead or probably. if they arrested him or what happened. Yeah. But that's what's going on right now. This news is continuing to break. We'll give you updates throughout the day. I don't want to cause an alarm here, but, you know, murdering ambassadors between two, you know, what do you think two, Putin, What do you think Putin's going to do? Yeah, no kidding. Between two countries that aren't getting along? Oh, boy. Yep. There's going to be a big outbreak there. Yeah. It sure sounds like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, that, doesn't re- sound that area anyway. Yeah, doesn't sound good. Let's hope it's contained in that area if it happens. Oh, boy. We'll get you uh, updates on whatever else happens with this story if we get, you know, if we figure out who this is, if anyone claims responsibility, any of that stuff. Wow, this will uh, be developing over several days, I'm sure. Most most certainly. Yep. But uh, that's that's the update right now, according to Reuters. Uh, Reuters News, I think, is the only one who has this. Andre Karloff, the Russian ambassador to Turkey murdered at a art gallery in the Turkish capital of Ankara. Uh, he was taken to the hospital and then pronounced dead of a gunshot wound. So that's what's going on in the real world right now. We'll get you updates on it if there are any. In the meantime, uh, a certainly not as important as what may be World War III, but there's uh, you know a pretty busy day in the NFL and a huge win for the New England Patriots that uh, we're probably going to spend a better part of today discussing and breaking down because – it was an interesting game. I mean, it was it was a weird one. Pretty much everything you said, Tom, and I thought about you with almost the entire game. I'm glad you're thinking about me. It's ev- so good. It was so good to be thought of. 
Everything you said about the Broncos not having a running game, was that, I mean. Yeah, they don't have one. That was on display. They don't have one. They it's went three clear. and out over and over Look, and over. Simeon and they puts could up. Never, even in the first half, yeah. Justin Forsett had a couple of good runs. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. He didn't even get the ball Simeon again. puts up good numbers. Yeah. His numbers always look good. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is he can't carry the load. They don't have that kind of offense. And unfortunately, when teams get away from doing what they do well, traditionally when they get away from their identity they don't win football games and that's what's happened to denver yeah they've gotten away unfortunately they've their offensive line is not that good their running game is not that good and for kubiak the way he does things with his play action game and everything else that's what they need and they don't have that so they rely on their defense and their defense played okay yesterday but not well enough to, to make a difference. They didn't get to Brady at all, hardly at all. Two sacks for 11 yards, I think, was, was the total. Mm-hmm. Did you hear Von Miller's name at all yesterday? No. No. Demarcus Ware had one tackle. Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, that's, you, you get away from your blueprint, you don't win a game. Mm-hmm. The Patriots can change their blueprint from game to game. They're right. able to do that. Some teams can't do it because they don't have the personnel to do it, and that's the difference. That's what... Denver's stuck with. Right. And it just made – it was clear. And it was clear that after the interception by Logan Ryan, Denver was not able to mount much of an offense mm-hmm. because all of a sudden they're playing – Denver cannot play from behind. Right. They can't do that very well. No. You know, but this – I saw it last week. I hadn't seen them in a while. And I said, let me watch this Tennessee game and see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it was, it was early in the day. It was the first – one of the early games Tennessee, on Sunday. Tennessee, by the way. Wow. Yeah, I know. They're, yeah. they're in my power rankings this week. They're, they're number five. But, but um, you know, I watched the Denver game, and I watched what they were doing. They were able to move the ball, but they weren't able to finish. And when you can't finish – either of here. When you can't finish, that, that hurts. Yeah. And but Denver yesterday they took it down another level. They not only did they not finish, they didn't move the ball after that interception. So, you know, when you're limited like that, when teams know you got to throw it, you don't have that many good targets. Yeah, it makes a difference. It really does. You and know? how about the end of that game? How about T.J. Ward? Yeah, I know that was yeah, yeah, I know that's just it. You see these these that was teams hilarious. These teams act like this, and that shows that they just don't have. You know the the mentality that the the mentality that the Patriots have had over the years. Mm. You know they've had that kind of mentality. You know, I'm saying and, all these facades, all this fake hard <laughs> that he play out on the field. <laughs> oh God, that's Pac-Man Jones, not T.J. Ward. Yeah, but still. But uh, yeah, well, still. if you missed it at the end of the game, it wasn't at the end of the game. It was like five minutes left. Um, the Patriots on third down. Uh, Brady threw a ball, went over Edelman's head, and T.J. Ward wrapped up Edelman, swung him around, and basically just body slammed him. And there was a ref looking right at him. And this, the whole sequence was so funny. But the ref's looking right at him. And Ward flexes, right? Two arms up, both flexing, looking at Julian Edelman. But Edelman didn't see him do it. Because Edelman turned around and started yelling at the ref, hey, did you see that? Come on, throw a flag. Right, right. The ref throws the flag, okay? <laughs> so the flag's in the air. Yeah. Ward sees that Edelman's not looking, and he puts his arms down. Edelman turns around, looks back at Ward, and Ward puts his it's arms up back again. Up again. Yeah, even exactly. though the flag has yeah, been thrown. Yeah, like, it's, TJ, what do you think that flag's for, big guy? Yeah, no, no, nah, it's just that's the way. It's it wasn't it. some other penalty. That ref looking right that's at a, you saw you do that. That's a bad mentality. Jackass. That's a, yeah, that's a bad mentality. You know, and that's one of the reasons Denver's not going to make the playoffs this year. No. You know? They're and not. They're not. And, and if they did, they won't. If they do, they won't last long. Now, that, that penalty 
For the most part, that ended the game. Uh, yeah, but, that, but uh, even if it didn't, yeah. the Broncos weren't coming back. They weren't no, of course not. Yeah. Even if he, even if he hadn't done that, I mean, no. it, it did end up being the you know they didn't have another chance to to get back in it after that. But he, they were. It's not like they were doing it beforehand. Trevor Simeon wasn't going to lead them down the field, and they couldn't get in the end zone. No, and you can't do that if you have no running. Game. When you have a quarterback like that, you got to take the pressure off him. Yeah, and it and and they didn't do that. You know, in terms of the whole season and what they put together personnel-wise when C.J. Anderson went down, they just don't have the players to take the pressure off of Trevor Simeon. And that hurts. You know, that hurts them. They can't re- you can't rely on your defense to win all your games. Mm. Not when you're playing teams that, that can put up points. Right. You know, because they're going to put up enough points at some point, that, you know, at some time that, that that's going to be enough to win the game. Tennessee did it. Look, Brady's complaining about, not complaining, but he's talking about how offensively they're still trying to find their way, and mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't you know on top of their game. But they oh, they playing, didn't play a great game. I no, mean. but they he were. Didn't have a good but game. they were playing against a tough defense. Yeah, they, they, the game plan, that game plan was very similar to what they had in Miami last year. They ran the ball a lot. They did, and that was the thing. Denver can't stop. Denver has. They had more rushing attempts than passing attempts. Denver, the fact that Denver has a good defense, is almost a little bit of a, a mirage. Denver does have a good defense, but they're not very good against the run. Mm. Okay? So when you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run, you're not going to win a lot of these games. Yeah. Now, Marcus Mariota, what, what did he complete? Six passes Six last week? Passes. Right. And Tennessee still won a game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The Patriots didn't play a great offensive game. They're on another level than Tennessee. Yep. But they, didn't, but they won the game. Yeah. Just like Tennessee did. You see, Denver mm-hmm. is missing those key ingredients. And the Patriots right now, the level of competition isn't quite that high in the AFC. Because if you were to tell me that the Patriots were going to miss, and I'm writing this for tomorrow, that the Patriots are going to miss Tom Brady for four games. Mm-hmm. Trade Jamie Collins away at midseason. And and basically... Only have Gronkowski and, and, for four and, games. Yeah, and yeah. not have Gronkowski, lose him for the season. Mm-hmm. All right, and have Marcus Cannon as your starting right tackle. Yeah, would you have thought that they would be? Would you have penciled in twelve and two? No, no way. With the schedule, maybe I would have. Yeah, but you know, I, I still think. Or 30, yeah, know. ten and four, nine and five, 12, probably ten and four, but twelve and two, dominant in the AFC. No, but the competition right now isn't that high. Mm. The Raiders, you don't know about. They're they're experienced. You know, they won a tough game yesterday. But That's an unknown. They're an unknown. They're, they're an unknown. The Chiefs are lesser of an unknown because you played them last year, but, you know, they're sort of an unknown, too. Their defense seems to be better this year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not scared of the Chiefs, and really I'm not scared of the Raiders. Yeah, who are you scared of? The Giants and the Super Bowl. That's yeah, it. I know. Yeah, that's it. That's the only thing. You know, just like you were scared of the Ravens, it's just like you were scared of Denver. Exactly. You go by past. I know. They have history. one ghost of Christmas past right. left to defeat, and right. that's the Giants That's the, the Super Giants, Bowl. right. And it might might happen. I mean, no, the Giants' defense looked really good yesterday. Yeah, they did. Their offense wasn't that great again, but their defense looked, oh, my God. Mm. And that was without Janoris Jenkins. I know. He got hurt, you know, early in the game. I think he'd be back, but he got hurt early in the game. So that, that was a was... bad injury. He was on the sideline looking looking rough. Right? Mm. With the dredge? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They told him, you know. He was on the bench. He looked they, like, I, yeah, looked we'll like they see. were about to amputate his leg. I know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case. Um, I was very impressed with several players. If I was to give out game balls, they would go in the range of this. And you stop me if you think I'm overstepping here. Uh, Marcus Cannon gets one. Uh, Logan Ryan gets one. 
Malcolm Brown and Trey Flowers combined, the young mm-hmm. defensive linemen, I'd say. All of them were very impressive. Uh, Devin McCourty, Steven Guskowski, and Deion Lewis. Yeah, I was waiting for Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's a lot of I mean, that's a lot of guys who all contributed to a game where they only scored 16 points. Right. You know, and Lewis, I thought. But you see, you did what you need to do given the circumstances, the competition, the sure. way the game goes. The game is played the way Denver liked it. But the Patriots beat them at their own game. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to score enough points because they knew the Broncos weren't going to score. for. That's why Belichick was able to settle for field goals at times because he knew that Denver wasn't going to be able to match a lot of it. Right. You know, I mean, they went, what, a quarter and a half without a first down, I think, after that interception by Logan Ryan. It really rattled Simeon a little bit, but it rattled the whole offense. So it was just that was just a you know a situation where you take the circumstances and you make it work in your favor. Yeah, and that's what the Patriots do, and that's what they did here. Now next week against the after Jets- the interception, they had an eleven play drive that only went thirty nine yards. Yeah. Uh, then the half ended. They had the ball. They tried. They got one playoff. Thirty seconds left. Uh, second quarter. Or no, sorry, second half. Mm-hmm. Three and out. Three this is out. Denver, right? Three and out. Yep. yep. Right. Three and out. That's four. Yep. Five three and outs. And then they turned it over on downs on sixth place. Right. And then the Patriots did the same thing. They turned it over on downs, too. And then there was that fumble at the end of the game and everything else. Right. And uh, after the game, the Denver Broncos did not get along very well in the locker room. No, I saw that. Michael back Silver and forth, yeah, about offense, it, yeah. defense, shouting. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, Kubiak said, "All right, does anybody want to address the team here before we let the media in?" And Russell Okung, one of the offensive linemen, stood up, and before he even got to talk, Akib Talib and Chris Harris and all the players on defense were like, "Bleep you! We, you shouldn't be talking. You're the reason we lost." You know, like just right, right. Pretty ugly stuff, and they're yeah. all yelling back and forth at each other. And honestly, you know, that's kind of a d bag move. That defense is right. That defense is absolutely right. Sure are. They held Tom Brady to 16 points, and he didn't even get in the end zone. No. You know? I no. mean, that was he didn't even pass for 200 yards. No, I know it. 188 yeah, no. yards pass. Yeah. I know it. 50% completions. He didn't complete a pass for the entire first quarter. Yeah. It's 0 for 6. No one's ever done that to Tom Brady. You know, for a whole game, forget a quarter. It was the worst quarter I've ever seen from him that first quarter. And the Broncos, I mean, you'd think that'd be enough. But yeah. Patriots did not turn the ball over. Denver did, and they just made a little bit more out of their opportunities. That's that's really all it came down. Well, to. They moved the ball a few times with with Brady and Edelman. That really helped them out. That was a, that was a little bit of a difference right there, mm-hmm. you know. And they ran the ball a couple Denver, of great Denver great passes yeah, to him. Denver can't stop the run very well. That so, throw to Edelman on the sideline in double coverage, yeah, where he had to jump up on his tiptoe. That was a nice was play. And also there was a play where Brady was rushed out to the left of the pocket, and he sort of threw this lollipop throw over the top of uh, the safety. He was in zone coverage, and he threw it right over his head, and Edelman caught it. You remember that? Yeah. That was to pick up a big yeah. first down, too. That's just it. And I remember where that ball went up in the air, and I'm thinking, oh, God, that doesn't look good. They made those plays. Was Denver was there. making some of those plays early on, mm. but then they stopped. They stopped at the most critical juncture. The third quarter, you know, yeah, and it just you know, it just didn't go well for the Broncos, um, and I didn't think it was going to. I just saw what I saw when they played Tennessee, and I go, oh, this team cannot score. They can't get it in the end zone, you know. They can't do what it takes. Yeah, 
And it just it showed, you know, they they'll have, you know, let's see what Elway does in the offseason to try to rework that team and get them to the point where they can, you know, dominate up front because the game was lost on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And that's where Denver needs to be stronger. You know, it happens. Super Bowl teams have You know, that happens to Super Bowl teams a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, but that was basic football. There wasn't anything complicated about that game yesterday. That was basic brute force football. The Patriots, you know, you thought with Denver and Baltimore, with Baltimore and Denver coming up, that they could get pushed around. They pushed the other teams around. That shows you something. So, you know, this Patriot team, now let's look a little, let's look ahead a little bit. All right. Okay. Who, they're going to have a first round bye. They're probably going to finish with the top seed. Say they do finish with the top seed. I guess, you know, they have to be careful they can't be in a tie with Oakland. Right. Because I, I don't know how that stands now. The way it stands now is if the Raiders and the Chiefs both go 2-0 and and the Patriots go 1-1, and then Oakland gets the, the, the top. I'm not sure how that works, but that's well, how Oakland it, or Kansas City. Kansas City gets the top seed. Don't they? Oh, no. They no, lost Tennessee. They're a game so. back, yeah. All right. But if they both if they Oh, both yeah, that's out, right. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. And the Patriots go 1-1. and then that means the Raiders, that they'll have the same record, but it means the Raiders will have Get the top, top seed. All yeah. right. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Patriots will end up with the top seed. Well, they, got, they have to play a It'll tough. It'll be because of the strength of schedule. They have to play a tough game against Miami, who may need that game. Yeah. If Miami doesn't need that game, all bets are off in that last one. The Patriots will probably try to win it because they want to get top seed. Mm. So that last game in Miami will probably mean a little bit. You know? That could mean something. Um. If they're the number one seed, and they play, they're going to play the the worst team out of the first round that gets out of the first round. All right, <laughs> who are the potential teams that could be in the first round? Somebody from the AFC West. All right, um, and then you know Pittsburgh is going to be in that first round, and then you figure. You know, Tennessee, Houston, you know, it's it's going to be a varied, varied group. Mm-hmm. But the best of that first-round survivor will, you know, could be Pittsburgh. But that won't – they won't have to play Pittsburgh if they finish with the number one seed. Right. And they would play Houston or somebody like that. You know, that first-round divisional game shouldn't be that difficult. And then, you know, we'll see what happens, in, you know, who they would get in an AFC championship game or where it would be. Yeah. You know, but, it, you know, the, the competition right now just doesn't look that strong, does it? No. No. I mean, Oakland's the unknown. And then Pittsburgh is playing really well. Yeah, but they're not you know? an unknown. They're not an unknown. And their defense stinks. They're, they're, they're not very good defensively. No. Patriots can put some points up on them. I think the Patriots would crush the Steelers in a playoff game. Yeah, I, 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 you know. Just like they always do. Yeah, I, I don't think Pittsburgh would have a shot. Yeah. You know, I think Oakland might have a shot because you don't really know. You don't what to know expect. a lot about them, and they got—they're a talented team. They're a talented team, but are they ready for prime time? That's the question. You know? Yeah. Are they ready? So I mean, they—they they pulled out a tough game yesterday. They did. Yeah, I mean, San Diego's played everybody tough this year most of the time. And they, yeah, just you know, not beating them. Just anyone. well enough to lose. You yeah. know? 
They'd rather lose. They would rather lose. And you're about to lose, too, because uh, we oh, split this man. week on our picks. I, uh, that's it. You know, I've got 14. Yeah. I won four to three yeah, to overall. Throw some, throw but some Hail Marys here. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah last I got two weeks. weeks to go. I know. That's what I did. It ended ugly for me. But uh, last time we did this. Yeah, week. I know. Yeah, I built too much of a lead here, I think. We're going to uh, get into that. We'll recap the entire week. Also, some thoughts on the Celtics and the Bruins. The Boston Sports Trifecta yesterday. Patriots, Bruins, and Celtics all won. Uh, pretty cool. We'll get into all of that as well. Your phone calls at 603-883-9900. Your text messages at 845-827-1250. Quick break. It's Christian and King. You're listening to Christian and King on 1250 Manchester, ESPN New Hampshire. Have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? We'll put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, paint and supplies, window treatments, and especially wallpaper and flooring. They offer wall coverings for your commercial, designer, and residential properties and work with top brands to give you the floor that you're looking for. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. There's no better place to watch football than Buffalo Wild Wings. Monday night, Thursday night, or all day Sunday, visit your local Buffalo Wild Wings at 8 Loudon Road in Concord or inside the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester for the best football watching experience. While you're there, grab a Bud or Bud Light Hall Draft for only $3.49 or a Goose Island IPA for $4.99 all December long. Join the fun for Bud Light Wednesday Night Trivia at Buffalo Wild Wings where you can test your knowledge and win great prizes like ski tickets. Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord and Manchester. Wings, beer, sports. Cam Rogers. According to the Cleveland Plain Dealer, coaches are forced to teach RG3, or I'll say refresh his mind on, these three mechanics. One, plant your back foot, then throw. Two, get down, then slide. Three, throw the ball away, don't take needless hits from the defense. Those are three things that coaches are focusing on. Rather than focusing on the playbook and improving the offense, they have to pretty much reteach these basic components to Robert Griffin III. Saturday at 4 on ESPN New Hampshire. Game plan. That's how you handle tough opponents. So, when you're up against cold weather, make sure your game plan starts with a dependable, proven, tough Duralast battery. That's why AutoZone is the only place that carries a full range of Duralast batteries. They're designed to deliver more power during startup and stand up to even the harshest conditions and temperatures of 40 below zero. Cold weather's coming, so out-tough the temperatures with the Duralast battery. Proven tough and available only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Stress. It can make your heart race, your head pound, and your stomach churn. While a little stress can be a good thing and even help you perform under pressure, too much stress can be bad for your health, causing headaches, stomach pain, trouble sleeping, and even a weakened immune system. In the United States, it's estimated that up to 90% of visits to primary care doctors are due to stress-related health problems. It's hard to avoid stress altogether, but there are steps you can take to manage it. During National Stress Awareness Month in April, visit Optum.com slash stress for more information about how to prevent stress from getting the better of you, including stress first aid techniques you can do in the moment when you're feeling stressed, and stress prevention techniques to help change the way you approach and think about 
certain situations. To learn more, visit Optum.com stress. That's O-P-T-U-M dot com slash stress. A public service message from this station. Paralyzed Veterans of America, National Service Officers. We've got an entire generation of men and women who have seen war. They're going to need voices. They're going to need advocates. Paralyzed Veterans of America is here to help. We're going to make sure that the Veterans Affairs gives them everything that they're entitled to. Get all the health care they need. Making a person's house adaptable for them to go back home and live. Education benefits. And we also focus on getting them a job. And if something happens to the veteran, then, you know, we're the spouse's advocate. We help our veterans for free. The way that Paralyzed Veterans of America does that is through their national service officers that are located throughout the United States. Our work is important because people depend on us. And they know when they come to Paralyzed Veterans of America, they're going to get the right answer and they know that we are there for them 24-7, because we are. Changing lives, building futures. That's Paralyzed Veterans of America. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Imagine your 13-year-old son hanging out with his buddies in a friend's basement. They're maybe playing video games, telling jokes, and maybe they're doing shots of whiskey in between beers. Imagine your kid doing that. New Hampshire ranks second in the nation in alcohol use among 12 to 20-year-olds. You can learn how to protect your kids. Visit CheckTheStatsNH.org and help the partnership for a drug-free New Hampshire. Start the conversation today. You like what you hear? Now you can read it with daily blogs on ESPNNHradio.com. ESPNNH.com. Nice to have you with us here on this Monday. Looks nice out, but it isn't. It's not cold. It's cold. Yeah. Which I expected. Patriots are 7-0 on the road. Yeah, I know it. On the road. Yep. That's amazing. Well, let's go over where they've been. Yeah. All right, let's see now. Arizona, they started the year out there. Mm-hmm. All right, they've been out to San Francisco. So those are their two NFC trips. Right. Uh, New York, been, Buffalo. They've been, been in New York, Buffalo. That's four. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been to my. Uh, they've been to um, Denver. That's five. All right. Uh, Cleveland. Been, yeah, Cleveland six. And Pittsburgh. Yep. There you go. Seven. Yep. I'd say Pittsburgh and Denver are the two toughest places to to try to win. Maybe Arizona not as when, well. Not when Landry's the quarterback, Landry Jones. No, that they got a break. But I mean, in yeah. terms of the places, right? The reputation of the places. You know, those are the toughest places to win. Mm-hmm. Those three cities. Yeah, you know? the Patriots uh, made two pieces of history, one individually and one as a franchise. They won the division for the eighth straight year. That's an NFL record. And Legarrette Blunt. Now, the Patriots franchise single-season touchdown, rushing touchdown, yep. record holder. Right. With 15 touchdowns, yep. beating out Curtis Martin. Who, when you he think did of... twice. Who, yes, Martin that's true. Two years, yeah. 
And by the way, just for some more context, no running back in the league has had 15 touchdown runs since Arian Foster in 2012. He's yeah. the last one. Yep. So this isn't something that happens very often. That's here. A, you know what that tells you? That tells you you got a good offensive line in front of you that can that can take care of short yardage and it ends in, in a red zone. That's what the Patriots have right now. They didn't yeah. have that before because if if Tom Brady needed a touchdown, what did he do? He threw the ball to somebody, right. usually Gronkowski. And if Gronkowski wasn't open, it had to be somebody else. And and sometimes a lot of times that didn't work. So in the last year, mm-hmm. you know, specifically. So this is. This is what they've got. Yeah. And that offensive line, the Patriots' offensive line right now is their biggest improvement from 2015. Sure. I'd there say is this no, might be one of their best offensive lines this, this, they've had. There is no doubt about it, you know. And that is, it, that's that's the their biggest improvement. Now, they, you know. Defensively, they played a great game yesterday, but I'll tell you, without that offensive line playing the way it did, you don't run the ball the way you did, and you don't keep your quarterback upright, and, you know, what happens basically when a quarterback gets pressured creates turnovers. Yeah. And you didn't turn the ball over yesterday. And that offensive line is a big reason for that. Mm -hmm. See, what an offensive line can do in football is it can control the game. You know, you may not put up a lot of points. Depends on what your skill people do. Right. But you've done your job because you've controlled the line of scrimmage and, in effect, you've controlled the game. Because you can control clock. Mm-hmm. And you basically, the longer you have it, the less time the other team has it, and they don't score. Yeah. So a good offensive line can control the game, and that's what the Patriots did yesterday. Now, we and other people have spent a lot of time. That's, you know, you know excellent. It's good this stuff. This brain is, is, is working. You're right. We've spent a lot of time going over, you know, Marcus Cannon with his extension um, <laughs> and why, you know, we, we sort of question that a little bit. Uh, Joe Tooney, who was, you know, a starter right away, but early on got a lot of penalties and you sort of wondered, OK, maybe this was, you know, is there another option there? But between those two guys who have been terrific, David Andrews, who I, I mean, you forget Brian Stork was a Super Bowl hero for this team. Two no kidding. Ago. He's gone and forgotten. And they turn the page. The very consistent well. play now. These these guys are the rocks. Uh, Nate Solder and Shaq Mason. Yep. You know those guys are about as consistent. Those guys both both might be Pro Bowlers this year. Solder, Mason, Tooney, Cannon, Anders. There's mm-hmm. your offensive line. Yeah. You know. So and you don't even really hear much about the. You know, Cam Flemings and Ted Karras. You do when he goes in motion. Adrian Waddle. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that was funny. Watching him go in motion yeah. was funny. But aside from that, I was thinking, you know, as I watched that, I was like, geez, you know, you haven't seen much of Cam Fleming or any of these other guys. These swing tackles or, you know, second round. It's basically just been those five. And and that they've been makes doing a difference it. because you're not shuttling people in and out. Offensive right. line. Like last year. Offensive line needs continuity. Mm-hmm. So it, it make that makes a difference. And you know they'll they'll face you know they'll have a and they'll look and I bet they'll look pretty good on Saturday when they play the Jets because the Jets defensive line has just been withered. Yeah, it just hasn't performed the way it's supposed to. It was supposed to. So, you know that you know they're they're looking pretty good right now, and that's the key. That to me is the key, really is. Yeah, you know your defense is going to play well at times. It's not going to play. So you know quarterbacks are going to get beat. Sometimes they're not going to get beat. Sometimes you're going to be in the wrong defense, 
and the other team is going to outguess you and 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 beat you in certain areas. But offensively, if your offensive line is consistent, you are going to control that game. Yeah. You know, and that's what they're doing. I'm trying to think of this season. Any t- did Tom Brady get was there one even one game, one quarter. Where he'd been pummeled? Where he was under siege at all. No, no, I mean, not a lot. Really not. No, no. He's yeah, been Seattle probably, times. Seattle probably did a little bit on A little him. bit, but they still scored. Yeah, I know. You they know, still, they moved the ball. They, they were the fine. Ball, they know? probably had a chance to send that game to overtime, you know? So. They were on the one-yard line. Right. They had a great yeah, chance to right. do it. <laughs> yeah? It was, and it wasn't like they, you know, it wasn't like Seattle was in his face the whole game. No. Like Denver last year, you know, other other examples of that. There no, you didn't see that. No, you didn't no. see that. That's why, you know, when your offensive line does things like that, it doesn't matter where you play the game. It's true. Everybody was all hung up on playing the game in Denver and how they just don't do well in Denver. Well, they don't do well in Denver for a reason, you know. It happened for a reason. Last mm-hmm. year, the offensive line in the playoff game. In the regular season game, they turned the ball over and let Denver back in the game and then got beat deep on a pass. You know, the, those things are going to happen, you know. But if you get your offensive line, you can control things. And that wasn't going to happen. You could tell that wasn't going to happen yesterday. Yeah. That was they, You could tell right away. You know, if Denver didn't tie that game 10-10, they weren't, you know, if that didn't happen, when they had chances to do it, if that didn't happen, it wasn't going to happen. So, you know, it's just that's, you know, for Broncos fans, they've, you know, they realize, I think now, that that team was relying on its defense too much and that they really have problems on the other side of the ball. Yeah. And until they get that fixed, you know, that's that's not going to, you know, I don't know what their contract situation is with a lot of those guys next year. But, yeah. You know, we're already looking ahead to next year. Always got some work to do. But, mm-hmm. you know. They're, they're having, I think, 10 defensive starters are coming back. Yeah, so, I mean, it should be so, okay. You know? you know, I mean, they just need. They, they got to retool that they offense. They need to retool the offense. What they need the to get hell a line. happened to Demarius Thomas? Well, he, he just got soft, didn't he? He was on track to become the great, you know, like. Uh, just got soft. He just got soft. I can't remember a guy who put up the numbers, like, did it on the field. Then got paid for it. at that position at the wide receiver position in his prime. Yeah, who put up the numbers, got paid, and then just completely fell off the face yep. of the earth the same way Demarius no, Thomas did. Who still as big as strong and you know fast got, as, as got he paid. was. Got paid. But is that even you know? even at that position where there's a lot of divas who play wide receiver? Oh, yeah. I can't remember anybody falling off like no, that. No, I know. Who He's, was on pace to do that and then just was that was it? He really fell off. But you know what hurt them yesterday? When they lost that blocking tight end and we went out of the game with an injury. Oh, uh, Green? Green. Yeah. Because that helps their running game out. Mm. You know, that's how they were able to run a little bit early. Yeah. He when was he was in the game. Cold. When he was out, that changed everything. Yeah, it did. You know? And I, I'm looking at that going, eh, is that going to really matter? Eh, blocking tight end? Yeah, probably it will. Mattered. You know, Justin it mattered. Forrest, it didn't even get the ball didn't again. Didn't get a sniff, yeah. you know, of, of big gains. Nope, that was it, you know? So. And one thing I noticed about the Patriots running game is I can't help but wonder what last year's AFC Championship game would have been like if Deion Lewis was playing. Cause I still don't know because of the offensive line. The offensive know? line was different, you're right. But you know? whenever they play the Broncos, and this goes back a few years, LeGarrette Blunt. I don't know what it is, but the O-line can never make holes quite big enough for LeGarrette Blunt to get through when they play the Broncos. Have you noticed that? 
Like, he never yeah. really seems to have good games against them, whether it was... Uh, right, Lewis doesn't need as much room. Lewis, yeah, he can sort of scoot around oh, and they, in between they, people. You know, they might have had a... Di- it might have been a different game last year because... The two-point game. He, he, Brady targeted White 16 times in that right. game last year. And eight times yesterday. Yeah, you know, so yeah. they, they obviously feel that they can match up the running backs against Denver's secondary and, and linebackers, and that's that's one of the things, and they might have had some success doing that. And also, you talked about injuries. Brandon Marshall being out was a... Big, big, big deal. Detriment for them. Yeah, big deal. As good as their defense is. Their defense is good, but it it, it is not good against the run. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's not. And, that you know, that's a fallacy that their defense is overpowering. It's not. It's not that good against the run, and it showed. Yeah. So, you know, this is, you know, we could talk about Denver all we want, but they're not really in the, in the picture. You know, they really aren't. To me, the team that's... You know, really a mystery right now, the way they're playing is Tennessee. Yeah. They, to, they beat Denver and Kansas City back-to-back. I know. <laughs> you and, know? In Kansas City. Yeah, the second one in Kansas City. Yeah. Late in the game. That was only the Chiefs' second loss at home. Yeah. Yep. The first one was to the Buccaneers, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Who almost beat the Cowboys last night. Right. Right. By the way, did you see uh, Elliot jump into that thing? <laughs> Little Salvation Army t- yeah. uh, cup, yeah, the giant, no. the giant bucket. Yeah, the bucket. Yeah, I gotta say, he wasn't penalized on the play. I went back and checked. He didn't. They didn't give him an excessive celebration penalty. Oh yeah, they did. I didn't see. Not. I the play. I, I thought they did. Yeah, for that <laughs> play. They? Yeah, they did. Really? Yes. Yeah, he got penalized for it. Are you sure? Yes, I'm pretty sure. That was a big hullabaloo today. It was the only touch. Jones said. Scored, right? Jones, Jerry Jones made a big. You know, sent me you know, the league better not fine him for doing it. You know. But oh yeah, two yard rush, extra point is good. I'm pretty anything about a penalty. I'm pretty sure they penalized him. I thought for sure that happened because uh, what's his face was talking about it after the game. Garrett, Garrett's Garrett's sarcastic remark: "You can jump into the crowd in Green Bay, but you can't jump into the Salvation Army bucket in Dallas." The NFL is not going to fine him. Right, they're not fining Oreo's him. Oreo's reporting. But he was penalized. I'm pretty sure he in was the re- penalized. In the, in the play-by-play recap, it's a, it doesn't say that. I'm pretty and sure. Maybe they, it's just not in there. But I'm pretty sure he was penalized. Because the other touchdown, Prescott got the other touchdown. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a big, that was where the, that was where the big, that's the big stink this morning that he got penalized, he actually got penalized. Yeah, 15-yard penalty. Yep. Right. No, yeah, no, he that's did. That's weird that it's not in the game line. Yep. Um. The NFL confirmed today he won't be fined for the celebration, which drew a lot of attention on social media, including from the Oh, yeah, it's a yeah, big deal. You know, really, you know. All I can say is this. Why would you have a bucket that's big enough for a person to go into? If you, <laughs> you didn't don't want, want somebody to, to jump in into it. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I know. Huh? You know, it's right there. Right. It's big enough that a football player, several football players, you could have fit, fit three or four more people in Hey, there. I want to know what they're... What they're Why t- would you put it there if you don't want people to jump into it? What I want to know is what's their take today on, on dollars being brought in with donations? Probably pretty good. Yeah, I would imagine, right? It's good PR for them. Yeah, and speaking of good PR, you know Darren Ravel? Darren Ravel, why does that ESPN, name ESPN, he's like the business writer for oh, ESPN. Yeah. Oh, okay. Every time there's an endorsement deal or whatever, he's yeah. always tweeting and writing about yep. it. <laughs> He tweeted. Hold on, let me find this. He he tweeted uh, after. Okay, so after Elliot jumped in, <laughs> the Salvation Army tweeted out a picture of him in the bucket, and it said, uh, 
Ezekiel Elliott's making a big contribution for the Cowboys. How much can you contribute? Here's the link to donate. He is, isn't he? I think Elliott is donating a bunch of money, isn't he? They meant in the context of the football oh, game. Oh, I think he said after the game he was going to do something, I, I thought. Okay, but that's not yeah. what he meant. That's right. not what the Salvation Army meant Oh, okay. That. All right. They meant he's contributing a lot to them winning. Right, right, Now right. you contribute to us. It was like, you know, it was well, a that's good. play on good. words. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> so, uh, then um, Darren Ravel tweets back, Not subtle. Salvation Army using Elliot now to ask for your money. With a screen grab of the Salvation Army's thing that said, "Right, you know, Elliot made a contribution for the Cowboys. Can you contribute to the people in need? Here's the link. And Rovell tweets, not subtle. Salvation Army using Elliot now to ask for your money. Well, having a big bucket at the in the end zone isn't subtle either. Yeah, that's not really you know? subtle either. Yeah, you know, so what's the big deal? By the way, it's the Salvation Army, okay? Yeah, he really. He didn't jump into a big bucket of kfc you know i mean it was, a, you know a, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good it's not like he jumped into a big box of mcdonald's fries like he jumped into a salvation army uh, kettle okay just, they try to feed homeless people like what's the matter with you really, I don't, I don't so the it. salvation army tweeted back at darren Ravel, our goal is to serve 58 million meals in the united states this year no time to be subtle it's a good, good response what a good jacket oh, what is darren Ravel thinking i don't know I would have tweeted ESPN and we're ESPN, but I mean, what are you doing? I would have tweeted out, "What are you having for dinner tonight?" You know, <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, right. What a stupid thing to tweet. Oh, Not subtle. Why is it? You're supposed to be cunning. They're the Salvation Army. Okay. Well, I, yeah. They're not yeah. trying to get you to buy a Toyota. They're trying to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And that's Although, the thing. if you did and, it, and, and, they, and you dro- <laughs> used it to deliver all the food, that right. might be a good idea. Like, if he had jumped into a Chrysler and drove around, that'd right. be one thing. But he didn't. He jumped he didn't, into a right, Salvation exactly. Army car. Right, yeah. Salvation Army, there's no ulterior motive there. You know? <laughs> that money goes to people who need it, Darren, okay? You don't have to treat it like Nike oh, or Adidas God. or, really? you know, These people are so Pepsi-Cola here. I mean, come people on. People are so full of themselves, aren't they? So that one, aren't that was they? pretty wild. Aren't they? Really? Yeah. You know? He's got to weigh in on it because it has, has to do with dollars and cents. Seriously. You know? Come on. Really messed up. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll come back, get you caught up on what went on here in the great state of New Hampshire. Notes from the kingdom coming your way. Then right back to the Patriots and the rest of the NFL. Also, we'll get into the Celtics and the Bruins a little bit here on Christian and King. Hats, T-shirts, hoodies, and more are now available at ESPNNHradio.com. Get your gear today. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with ESPN New Hampshire Student Athlete of the Month of November with Gabrielle Masseur from Nashua North. How are you? Thank you so much. You broke Nashua North's high school across goal record as a junior. So that was obviously a really special game. We were playing against Merrimack. Definitely a really great game and it was really exciting, but I couldn't have done it without my teammates helping me out and getting the ball and feeding it to me and their support and my coaches' support. What's your favorite? thing about playing lacrosse. So I love getting the ball and transitioning it from whether it be defense to offense, getting it from the draw and just like sprinting down as fast as I can and getting it to my team. I really like the teamwork and effort. On here I'm seeing some volunteer work at the Nashua Soup Kitchen. Yep, I'm involved a lot in like with my school and like sports in my community. 
National Food Kitchens One. I'm also Vice President of National Honor Society. I'm a leader in Titan Connections. I'm a leader in Team Titan. I'm actually the secretary in the class of 2017. And where are you looking at going to school, Gabby? I'm actually committed to play um, lacrosse at UNH. What is your inspiration to go above and beyond? My parents have always been there to support me and to believe in me. And I think that has really helped me become like the athlete I am and always reach for the stars and to go with all my heart. Push to be the athlete and the person I am. So they definitely inspire me so much. That was Gabrielle Masseur from Nashua North, Apple Therapy's Student Athlete of the Month. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. These are not ponies, because this is Budweiser. Brewed the hard way, not the easy way. And with 12 breweries across the country, Budweiser isn't small or imported. This is the famous Budweiser beer. It's not backing down, and it hasn't since 1876. Budweiser, this Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings it back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for soccer fans. We'll get back to the uh, Patriots talk. Patriots beat the Broncos 16-3 yesterday. They improved to 12-2 on the season, 7-0 on the road. But uh, right now we're going to do what we always do around this time, and that's get you caught up on what's going on here in New Hampshire. And for that, here's Tom King with his notes from the kingdom. Message for you, son. King in the castle, king in the castle. Notes from the kingdom. Well, we uh, begin with a somber story today. Uh, Dick Pawowski, the longtime Bishop Girton football coach and athletic director from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and, and the 90s. Uh, he was an AD in them during the 90s. Uh, 
passed away at the age of 82 late yesterday, late Sunday. Um, died quietly at home. And uh, Bishop Girton uh, is in mourning today. The, the whole and, and basically the, the whole city of Nashville should recognize. I mean, he's he was definitely recognizable. Did a lot for the city. Did a lot for BG. Did a lot for youth sports in general, all around the area. And um, he was uh, he was a football coach at BG. And one of the things he always ran was the option. That was a big deal. Girton ran the option. He was almost he was very innovative that way. Uh, he basically coached from, he was the father of BG football, the late 60s, all the way until the late 80s, and was, he's an icon, he's a national icon, and uh, Dick Pulowski dead at the age of 82, our uh, thoughts and prayers go out to his family, our condolences to his family and to the Girton community and to the, the city of Nashville sports community. Um, don't know all the arrangements or anything like that, but uh, Dick Pulowski was honored. Uh, he's been honored a lot, and he's, I think the two biggest things were the Holman Stadium Hall of Fame, the uh, wall, of, wall of Fame that they have there, and also... Last November, I had the opportunity of covering his induction into the, not last November, November of 2015, his induction into the uh, New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association Hall of Fame. And there were a lot of Bishop Girton people at that ceremony. They surrounded Dick um, and uh, with uh, all their well wishes and uh, by their attendance. And he was uh, probably the happiest guy in the world that day. Uh, I'm glad I was able to make it up there to cover that. And uh, Dick Pawlowski, uh, I had a great relationship with him. I enjoyed working with him, both as football coach. Latter part as football coach, I didn't do a whole lot with because he was only doing it for a couple of years once I got to the paper. But he eventually uh, returned to his AD role back in the early 90s. And was instrumental in Tony Johnson becoming the Bishop Girton head football coach. And Tony Johnson, of course, took that program into a, a you know, uh, became a, a dynasty again. Uh, and uh, Dick Pawlowski had a lot of imprints at Bishop Girton. Spoke with Tony Johnson today, and uh, we both agreed uh, they should put a statue of him out at, 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 uh, on Lund Road at uh, Bishop Girton. They'll memorialize him. I talked to Pete Palladino. They'll memorialize him in some way. They're not sure how yet because they don't, they don't have any stadiums to, to really name after him or anything like that. But um, they, will, they will come up with something. But Dick Pawlowski uh, has passed on, and the uh, national sports community right now and Bishop Girton is in mourning. Uh, speaking of BG, they won a big basketball game yesterday. They beat LaSalle Academy down in Rhode Island. That counts in the standings. That's the defending Rhode Island State champion. So they bounced back nicely from their defeat at the hands of Bedford. So a big win for the BG girls yesterday afternoon. And uh, hockey was all sports were basically wiped out on Saturday by the storm. And uh, not any reschedulings uh, as of yet for all the uh, games. Uh, North and, and South teams were supposed to play at Conway Arena uh, against Pinkerton and Bishop Brady. Uh, we don't know when those are going to be made up. There's some girls' hockey games postponed as well. So, uh, and we've got a limited schedule these next few days because of the holidays. And then Christmas tournaments, tournaments will take place next week. 
So there you go. There's your notes from the kingdom. Again, somber news, the passing of Dick Pawlowski late last night. Yes, uh, very sad, and uh, thoughts go out to the family and uh, BG and everybody else. Um, My notes from the kingdom today aren't about New Hampshire. They usually are, but this is a huge story going on right now uh, in the country of Turkey. The Russian ambassador to Ankara was shot dead in an attack in an art gallery in the capital on Monday by a gunman who shouted, don't forget Aleppo, we die in Aleppo and you die here. A Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman confirmed the death of Andrei Karloff, that was the ambassador, which marked one of the most serious spillovers of the Syria conflict into Turkey. Russia is a close ally of Bashar al-Assad, and its airstrikes were instrumental in helping Syrian forces end rebel resistance. The news agency said the gunman had been neutralized soon after the attack. Now reports are that he was shot dead. Relations between Moscow and Ankara have been fraught over the conflict. The attacker was dressed in a black suit and tie and, according to Turkish media, was a police officer in the city. Mm. He was standing behind the ambassador as he made the speech. He took out a gun, shot the ambassador from behind. A Reuters cameraman at the scene said gunfire rang out for some time after the attack. As screams rang out, the gunman could then be seen pacing around and shouting about Aleppo as he held the gun we in one saw hand. There's video out there. Yeah, and waved his other hand in the air. Another photograph showed four people, including what appeared to be the ambassador, lying on the floor. Um, the we US, saw that, too. Yeah, there's there's images. I mean, they're hard to watch, but oh, there's they are. pictures of this guy. It's clear as day. There's I mean, a video there's, of him going down. Yeah. Getting shot. Mm-hmm. This shot from covered, behind. It looked like by the media. Shot yeah. from behind. It looked yeah, like he was, he was giving behind them. Because yeah. he was giving a speech at at, a, at an art gallery. Is that where he was? Yeah. Or some kind of museum? An and, art installation. Yep. Yeah. And um, uh, and now there's some concern about the U.S. embassy. You said yes. According to at TravelGov, the official Twitter for the U.S. Department of State Bureau of Consular Affairs, um, an ongoing security incident is taking place now near the U.S. embassy in Turkey. All U.S. citizens are being instructed to avoid the area near the embassy compound until further notice. Mm. Yeah. The real world. Boy. Yeah. This, I mean, this is unbelievable. It is. It is. We'll see what the, what, uh, I'm sure Obama will address it later on today. And right? I hate to, I hate to and say I this what because Trump obviously this isn't, you know, the way you're supposed to deal with these things. But if you've been watching the news and seeing this stuff from Aleppo, these people making their goodbye videos yeah, yeah. and these bombs going off in the background and all of this awful stuff, you see that. And you can't see that and not think that, you know, that this isn't it's going to just end right here. No, no. Well, this is you know. not that this is OK. What happened there or whatever. But I mean, just to assume that, OK, well, they'll just bomb everybody and that'll be it. It'll be over. No, you no, know, that's no, not that's how not these how, things go. No, no, definitely not. People you know? don't just go out like that, you know, like this this spills over. These things conflict spill over. torn area. There's no yeah. question about it. You know? That's uh the Turkish security source talking to Reuters said the police officer was not on duty when he shot the ambassador. He was wearing a suit. He looked like a normal guy, you know. Well, he probably got in there saying yeah. he was part of the security team as a police officer, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably what the way it was. And who would who would have doubted? He shows his credentials, he gets in. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. They're calling it a terrorist attack in Russia now. Well, basically, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so see what the Russian response is. That's the question. That's the question everybody has. How will they act? Hmm. You know, and now this will be, this will be, you know, this will be interesting to see what the, you know, the response is there and what the response is here. Yeah. 
I mean, this is... If you had a problem with Trump and Russia, or even if you didn't, now whatever you think about that, all that's kind of out the window. Yeah, now there's... Yeah, that's, that's minuscule compared yeah. to, you know, this is what, you, you know, how he handles, this is this is what he's inheriting, you know? This is what he and his team are inheriting. Uh, you know, and who knows what, what they'll inherit when he, you know, when he takes charge in four weeks. This is what, is January 21st, something like that? Is that what it is? Or is it that late, or is it, I think it is, isn't it? It's the middle of January, the inauguration. Um, January 20th. January 20th. Yeah, right around there, you know. So, you know, that's, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the real thing now, you know. This isn't a cartoon anymore, Donald, yeah. you know. You're going to have to deal with this. See what he does? We shall see. Yeah. I would uh, bulk up on Secret Service, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I'm sure he will, you know. We got to take a break here. Uh, 603-883-9900, your phone number, 883-9900. Your text line is 845-827-1250. Back to the NFL and the Patriots when we come back. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On 5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. It doesn't have to be golf season to enjoy everything the Atkinson Resort and Country Club has to offer. Open to the public seven days a week, Atkinson Resort and Country Club features two restaurants, Merrill's Tavern, a great place to watch sports or to try your hand at virtual indoor golf, and the Stagecoach Grill, serving lunch and dinner daily. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club is also one of New England's highest rated wedding venues and boasts over 15,000 square feet of conference space. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Online at AtkinsonResort.com. Hi. My name is Jen Kaludi. My husband, Sal, and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen-printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. 